0: So, greetings everyone. I hope what life has been bringing you has been witnessed with awareness and held with kindness and compassion and (laughs) kept grounded and steady. As you know, there's plenty of things that you can tune into that uh, create all kinds of ripples. And it's always a question Is how much do you need to tune in? How much do you need to know to feel your you know, being responsible and relevant and how much is just becoming overwhelming, you know, where you're not able to really adequately process. Um, and this itself is, is, you need to find a piece that will tell you that, that mm-hmm. will tell you that. And uh, what I've been suggesting is using this sense of how the heart and the mind inform each other. You know, when we're getting... The heart feels, because some of the thinking mind often just floods um, the citta with its reasons and ideas, which have their value, but it's so flooded. And then the heart gets stirred. Also, its own turbulence, its own excitement or eagerness or, or emotional qualities also flood. And you can't get perspective on it. You know, and this definitely is a scenario to uh, to pull out of because you can do yourself and others quite a bit of harm if you stay in those overwhelmed, out of control. So, control isn't a great word, but I'm meaning okay, um, there's no way of guiding yourself. You're not. You haven't got your hand on the steering wheel anymore. And, you know, and things are just rolling. So. The body here, using this body as a sort of a grounding medium that enables one to establish sati and have a good um, anchor, guiding post that you can connect to, which has a a flexible rope on it. You know, you can extend out, you can widen your span, you can receive input, but you don't lose the ground. And then what kind of tones, what kind of heart qualities, what moods or emotions, you could say, roughly speaking, indicate that, yeah, I I am engaged, but I'm not overwhelmed. I am, you know, there's a sense of dispassion, clarity. And I guess what we would say the paramount, in fact, the gold star, you could say, uh, of heart tones (laughs) is equanimity. Well, not, not a very common word, and often a misunderstood word, indifferent, um, don't care, neutral. But upeka is even. Mind can extend, receive impressions, uh, be receptive, and not flooded. So this word upeka is right there in, in the Buddhist lists. You have it as the tenth of the ten parami, Right. so it's the fourth of the fourth Brahmaviharas, uh, you know, the qualities of goodwill. It's right there, the seventh of the enlightenment factors. I mean, it's the top of the list. You know, if you like lists, this is the supreme, this is the god of lists. <laughs> if you like, you're into lists. This is the, the one that caps the lot. And, uh, wow, mm, you know, not, doesn't quite get the praise that, say, compassion or kindness gets. And yet, there it is, you know, interesting, you know, and say, well, it probably means that all the rest of the stuff we're doing is there to make this possible. It's not an easy one. And in the enlightenment factors, you've got you know, the Bojangha, you've got mindfulness, sets it off, um, investigation or exploration, a sense of what's happening here, uh, energy, uh, an unbroken Vitality. Um, happiness. or so rapture. Joy. Joyful. Uplifted state. Um, passivity, Soothed. Unruffled. Samadhi. Collected. Gathered together. Consolidated. Unified. Body and mind. And then Upeka. I think that's it. The seven. So this is kind of. This is the current. This is the movement. Or this is the possibility. And with. Looking And that's really you know, measuring the awakening process in terms of tonalities of heart. Now we can measure the awakening process in other ways, in wisdom aspects, and then it becomes kind of similar uh, based upon um, detachment, certain ability to step back and witness... Detachment from unskillful and useless states. Um, uh, dispassion. Uh, uh, the tides of emotion don't flood. And then ceasing certain um, ricochets, repercussions uh, stop. Certain um, psychologies stop, you know, for example, okay, say you know we receive some blame, and then we note it. We're aware of that, and we we don't no longer think, well, this isn't fair, this isn't right, this is wrong. It shouldn't be me. Why should I ever get blamed? That you know we, you know you no longer get so upset about that being blamed, and then that poor me stops. Poor me stops. Yeah. So there's a little bit of stopping, cessation, and this is significant. Um, Because what ceases is aspects that formulate an identity, right? This is the wisdom process. Aspects that formulate an identity. I own things. I control things. I'm in charge of things. Uh, uh, You know, no. Uh, uh, I can make things happen. No. Uh, And instead of going, oh, I feel depressed and unhappy and sad and useless because of that. No. No, that stops. That stops. That's ceasing. And that takes wisdom. Now, the quality of that, the heart quality of that is economist. It means, you know, oh, Every like I say, every day a failure. Every day it's a failure. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's a complete failure, but you know, you get a few things, uh, you know, done or uh, sorted or resolved, or and then it wasn't. It's was not too bad. It's sort of seven out of ten, or. 8 out of 10, that one really didn't sail at all, and actually that was a a total mess. I missed that up completely. Uh, It's mingled, isn't it? Uh, um, And just the sum also, the recognition of how much can we cover? You know, if you get one or two fellow human beings out of a mess, that's pretty good. But there's 7 billion of us. Looking like that, well, you know, (laughs) but then the feeling of being useless or or what's the point? No, that stops. So, equanimity isn't what's the point, it's a sense of, mm -hmm, you know, there's, there's possibilities, there's good intention, there's effort, and some results. And we don't actually ask for results. So this is the ceasing process. Uh, And that leads to the final um, wisdom fruition, which is called, well, various terms. The Pali term is Vosagga, which is something like relinquishing, um, um, letting go, you know. Clearly translated in a number of ways. But the interesting, for me, having a a smattering of Pali is to recognise that this term, saka wosaga is very is a term that's used in monks' training to denote giving up something that you didn't really own so for example, for a monk or a nun if you you can have um say you know sugar or something like that for up to seven days and then if you have it any longer than that, you've committed an offence so you you have it. But you don't own it because you've got to let go of it, and if you don't let go of it, that's called a nitsagia. You forfeit it because it wasn't really yours; it was just there, uh, you know, for a while. And you know, when you widen that, you realize, well, this thing, this body thing, it's also just on loan. You know, <laughs> you imagine you got it and you own it, and after a few years, it starts. to tear. you didn't get the message, oh no. You know, bits fall off, bits of, you know, just a bit of tooth fell out the other day. We're going to go to dentist and get it patched up. So that's telling me, you know, you only had this thing for a while, um, you know. So, everything's unknown, isn't it? We really realise that without feeling lost and hopeless and nowhere. Okay. Now, what does it take to do that? without some kind of elaborate philosophical notion the heart has obviously shifted from its bondage and its need to hold on to things its need for security its need to you know it's a real need it's actually found somewhere else or something else to go to whereby that there's no longer such a need. Um, yeah, it may say be rather, you know, it may be nice if I have this or that or the other, but if it goes well, okay, that's that's also the way it is, you know. And there isn't this flicker of loss and grief and sadness and regret, and there isn't a sense of, well, you know, you you tried but you didn't do good enough. So, you say, no, know, you tried, that was good, the energy was nice, and so and so. She wasn't available for that. He misunderstood it. Yeah, well, what do you expect? <laughs> you know, it's not your world. You know. And we can see for example of the Buddha, him saying in his whole lifetime, he didn't need to do any of it really. And he realised Nirvana. I'm alright, you know. Why bother? But at this ripple of uh, anukampa, empathy, of some sense in which, well, you know, this thing is still here. You can still speak and talk, so we'll use it. Use it out of compassion, or sense of sympathy for others. And he did, is And many of these teachings we may venerate and deeply appreciate, but the fact is that not all of them were appreciated. By the listeners, then people actually disliked him. <laughs> his own cousin tried to kill him. Um, so, and his order, the Buddhist monks and nuns. You know, if you look into the books of the Vinaya, the training, you see they were getting it wrong all the time, and he was having to say, "Look, you know, haven't I told you? You know, it's this this practice is about." contentment not about manipulating lay people to get more <laughs> more requisites they, they go oh, sorry lord he says <laughs> okay we have to lay down a rule so it must have been on a, some level thinking what am I bothering with these bunch of nincompoops for you know <laughs> why bother uh, but no this says, and that's un- incorrect that was blameworthy mm, yeah. so you see that you witness that let it go Continue. No rancour or disappointment. So, and he said, uh, you know, interesting, he said, when you teach, you are fit to teach when, as my own example, as a tathagata, I teach and the bhikkhus don't really listen properly and don't follow what I'm saying and don't get any results. I'm not pleased, but I am equanimous. And when they do listen to what I'm saying and do apply themselves in mind with what I'm doing, I am pleased, but I'm equanimous. When you're in that particular mode, you're fit to teach because you're not asking for applause, results of any kind. You've let that go. A bit of your possible identity as being a success, being a winner, being having it all right, all that you have you don't need it right so this is uh, relinquishment uh, and that's the, that's the wisdom aspect and the um, heart tone heart aspect of that is equanimous equanimity now I'm just going to go back to the map again because you may, may not put that very clear in Buddha Dhamma, the way that, or in meditative practice, the way that liberation is um, is expressed is liberation of citta, citta vimutti, and liberation of panya. Panya vimutti. so citta, mind, heart, panya, wisdom. These two liberations, and the theme is that they should both be there. You can't do one without the other, they're both there. Um, So the wisdom, we could say, is roughly the area of insight, the area of discernment. We see what's going on, we're clear. There's a sense of clarity, we can recognise what's happening. And the chitta aspect is much more the sense of feeling, energy, tonality. Um, uh, And so the idea basically is as you experience heart relaxing or opening or releasing, your panya, your wisdom element goes, oh, look at that, see? That's that. What can you learn from that? Hmm? So you integrate. Now, um, just to say that wisdom, of course, is, can't always be operating, is is operative, but it just means the ability to discern Now if if the chitta is all closed and tangled up, you may be wise enough to know, well, this is a tangled up chitta. it's like this, but you don't get much further in than that. You can recognize this is just the mind is a mess, and, um, you know, I'm neurotic or whatever. Let that be that way. Um, But (laughs) it doesn't have to be that way. And also that doesn't necessarily penetrate the roots of why that's the case what conditions are bringing that around. And the discourse it's never exactly specified to what degree, but the idea is that, you know, um, an enlightened person is basically not a basket case. They're not neurotic. You know, they may have a few little, you know, sort of idiosyncrasies, but basically, they, they, you know, it's not just witnessing yourself as a mess and being okay with it. Now, it's not being a mess, <laughs> which means that you have penetrated the textures of the chitta and cleaned it, purified it. Uh, and then you can say, oh, this is this. And this piece of behavior has been understood. And this piece of behavior has been dismantled. And this quality of, of regret or memory has been understood and released. You know, so, And all those releases can be sensed. So, citta vimuti, vimutti, uh, And of course, for a Buddha, then they've gone the, the entire way. They've seemingly understood, seen, witnessed all or a vast range of the possibilities of what minds can do, of every form of tangle, and of course, every form of blessing and virtue. They've got the entire scan. Um, and that's what makes them so um, mind-blowing, really. Um, and then uh, other people have slightly lesser qualities of that. So the Buddha, then the Buddha is able, through that understanding, is able to teach a huge range of people, because they, they've they seen all the different forms of mental conditioning. Anyway, let's not go there. Um so, in other words, we're saying there is a degree of uh, uh, the need to um, cultivate this quality of calming, soothing, easing, brightening, purifying the citta so that our our wisdom faculty can penetrate into um, the roots of behavior and um, just begin to clear uh, and see that piece is based upon a fantasy. I mean who said that you can be in charge of anything? Where did that one come from? Fantasy. Who said that, you know, <laughs> you can you can become a success or you should be a success, or that life should be fair? Who 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 said that? Where did that one come from? Who said you should never get sick? Hmm? Who said you'd never get blamed? Right? So, all right, now, normally, of course, although we understand this intellectually, that, yeah, I will get sick, I will die, I will lose my friends, I may go blind, I may suffer from some horrible disease, so, and so, and so, and so. Emotionally, I still don't like it, I I can't, you know, I still get upset about it, maybe. Um, So, so the, the, the one has penetrated to a degree, one has understand it objectively, but still the feeling quality is still embedded in that particular assumption, we'll called vipalasa. Vipalasa means a distortion we imagine somehow on an emotional level life could be, you know, really satisfying and complete and we get it together, we have some emotional level, there's a feeling, if it's not that, something's going wrong. Uh, this is a vipalasa, meaning not understanding dukkha. Uh, we don't emotionally really get it that things are going to change, and they don't necessarily change in line with what we are wishing for. and in terms uncertainty, uncertainty is not a very, um, it's a very reactive experience. Right? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Will you be able to come next week? I don't know. When's this Kobe thing going to live? I don't know. Who's going to win this? Who's going to win the elections? I don't know. Um, what's going to happen to the planet? I don't know. But you should know. You should have some game plan. Well, I could do. Have a game plan, but... there's there's not really a lot of worth putting in too much effort into one. The most important thing is to get your heart and mind steady. That's the big game plan because everything else and and also not self. It's not mine. It's not under my supervision. So really understanding these distortions is more than just an intellectual process. It's also a reset of our emotional, um, um, perceptual, attitudinal um, view and and, uh, um, way of operating. So the Buddha is saying, well, this occurs through this meditation, uh, Jayati, because meditate, jhana, do jhana. And it's slightly, being slightly provocative here, uh, I'm saying jhana perhaps doesn't necessarily only mean, or even mean that one is in a um, sort of state of suspended <laughs> animation. But you, it, it's a, you know, it, could be, I mean I'm not an expert on this but uh, when the Buddha is saying I can cultivate this in the four postures, sitting, standing walking, lying down (coughs) that anyone who cultivates loving kindness has some access to this, it means you're engaging with the roots of mental behaviour and you're beginning to discard the defilements uh, and discard the distractions Uh, and what results is a quality of Increasing degree of clarity, focus, and warm heartedness, happiness, ease, since that's the mark, that's the mark, that's the sign, that's the nimitta that you want to notice whenever that occurs. If you notice that, keep homing in on that and be guided by that. This is where I am actually in balance and I am connected. And then, How can I operate from that place? learning, you know, moderating one's actions, moderating one's attitudes from this um, place where the mind, heart-mind, is settled and rationality is connected to it and it's grounded. This is unification and um, another called is the Pali word, um, and the process of this unification of where it is obviously to do with samadhi, collectedness, things coming together, and it's unification of mind. Mind is no longer spinning off and there, here, there, so forth. It's just here. It's not broken up. And I would also suggest for your own exploration whether this experience of unification isn't. Um, to do with unifying body intelligence, heart intelligence, and rationality. You know, people sometimes, you say we've got three brains, one in our head, one in our heart, and one in our guts. Gut intelligence is just about pure fear, threat, groundedness. Am I here or not? If I'm not comfortable with that, there's a tension, even a cramping in the abdominal region. This is where the basic sense of being planted, established in this domain is sensed in the belly. That's where, well, that's where the signals start firing. When we get frightened or when we feel lost, we lose that ground. Heart intelligence is to do not so much of where I am, but how I am in relationship with this room around me. It's comfortable. I feel pleasant with this. I feel adequate with this. With the person sitting next to me, I'm at suitable distance. I don't feel impacted. I don't feel estranged. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, the conversation is going in a way that I feel comfortable with. Heart intelligence is moderating that. It's very important, isn't it? And brain. Brain intelligence is noting specifying saying just think look at this look at this consider this also very important this is the way we learn and then we store up um, or or establish notes yeah saying well that's that's when i feel right when it's like that that's that's quality in your body that means you're okay that's that um that that it's good to learn to listen to people before you <laughs> say too much, you know. <laughs> it's best to let people finish what they're saying, even if you disagree with them rather than interrupt them. You know, you, you learn a few things and so on and so on and so on. Uh, and I think I think I need some restraint because I'm just very impulsive. Yep, okay. So this is is very important to kind of integrate what these other intelligences can do. But in no way should it replace them. So we can have kind of artificial learning, whereby you've got the theory, and you say, okay, let's see, I should be more calm, more passionate, more dispassionate, more peaceful. And then you haven't really consulted the rest of your system. So it's the you, what happens is the, the mind mind intelligence then censors the rest of it as being well you know you shouldn't feel upset so you don't feel upset uh-huh. uh, but you do but you know so your mind your, your brain intelligence censors or edits the intelligences that are coming up through the system and <laughs> right. I shouldn't feel spiteful or jealous, so I don't. That means there's just something wrong with her, and like you know people obviously aren't noticing the value that I have, but I'm okay with that you know? <laughs> I'm not jealous that <laughs> she's getting much more attention than I am, but that's because that's all right, you know so I still feel what about me? So some of the learning process is to stop the editing and censoring. I do feel pretty upset about that because nobody noticed all the work that I did. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. What does that need? Does it need people standing around? No, I don't think that's going to do it. Clapping. It uh, needs the just sense of that energy rises, twists and turns. Uh, I can feel it, and stop censoring, stop creating a, a world out of it, poor me, not getting my fair share, stop doing that, and maybe sense how, what's happening in the whole body, the belly, breathing, put the two together and see what they do. And it's quite surprising Sometimes what happens is as citta, the embodied citta, touches a, a, an afflictive experience, tonality of compassion arises. Or dispassion, it just happens by itself. And this is the citta is then coming into its own Innate intelligence, we're relating to experience, even stupid experience, at least we're willing to relate to it. We're not censoring it. We're not saying it should be this way and it's his fault, even though that's could be valid. Relating to it and rise, the mood can rise felt, sensed and shift and change into something else, compassion, dispassion, release and you can feel both the sort of suddenly the unresolved conflict arises, one feels it shouldn't be this way, I've told him 50 times, he's still doing it wrong, it shouldn't be this way, angry, Angry and whatever it is, and then you know, holding it, and then, so first of all, the energy picks up into into a say conflicted state. It could be, as I said, tension, anger, or fear, contraction. Where how do I get out of here? Overaction, distraction. You feel that energy. Don't follow where it's going. Handle it and embody it. And then the turning whereby things just start to mingle and merge. And then a oh, feeling of release. And it has a particular tone to it. As you can imagine. So there's an energy of arousal which is generally quite busy. You know, when we get, when the Chitta gets very activated, we're aroused in negative ways, positive, uh, greed ways, lust ways, fear ways, anger ways, and misery, you know, whatever it is. And then, uh-huh, and then there's that moment you connect to it, or something connects to it, heart connects to it, as heart connects to it. And as that, uh. And when do that, something starts to change because detachment, dispassion, there's a sliver of quality that's steady, even though things are quite turbulent. And then releasing. And a soothing release. Quite different tones, didn't it? um And that's, that's a very different experience than just cut it off whereby you just slam something down and say, doesn't matter, that's his problem, I don't care. Very different tone. Not saying that's, that's bad, it's just sometimes that's all we can do, maybe. But it doesn't release, because sooner or later the same kind of internal scenario will occur, perhaps with different people or different um, external um, scenes, but the internal scenario will return because this is the law of karma. Oh, mm. means that until the chitta has worked out its karmic tendencies to selfhood, to irritation, to acquisition, to comparing with others, to you know and to the various forms of detailed historical um, acquisitions such as um, feeling a failure feeling unwelcome being self-critical um feeling you're the one who has to do it all over obliged you when you have these specific kinds of karmic potentials that have been established for one reason or another being unwelcome you know being unloved and so forth those are territories. Those are dispositions that have to be touched and released. Otherwise, they just keep happening in another domain, another um, scenario. So these internal scenarios have to be exhausted, relinquished. This means you have to understand them, hold meet them. Clearly understand them or meet them, Hmm. place them, that's that. Stop shifting, running, changing, meet it in the heart, feels like this. And release it through embodiment. And this is the way you, you well, one way I'm presenting um, that that uh, liberates the citta and brings wisdom because you can see, you see clearly, oh, that which was so much me, so much my pattern, so much my life, so much my story, that, that's not there. It's gone, or it's considerably diminished, or it's gone. And what's left? Something rather more resourceful, more uh, equanimous, less desperate, less afflicted, less defensive, less acquisitive. In a way, enlightenment is just about really, really growing up. Into maturity, full maturity. Not everybody makes it in this life, as we can see. (laughs) So, not to take up too much of your time in chatting away, but you know, so development of citta in terms of its. felt qualities tonalities development of wisdom uh, mindfulness being the the uh, boundary creator it's okay this is the territory you're in yeah. exploration what's really happening here where's that where's the grit where's the real trigger point in this yeah energy mean once energy is steady with that and then there, there's quite a that's quite a change. Instead of, you know, uh, or retracting or collapsing, energy is steady. Heart energy is steady, and then uh, the release begins with qualities of, you know, coming out uh, uplift, easing, collectedness, and towards equanimity in terms of the heart. And these are qualities to um, can be measured. And cultivated mm. any degree of liberation if you linger in the experience of liberation then you'll arrive at a, a heart tone which is serene comfortable and we say any degree of liberation so the words liberation uh, um, can mean, for example, um, one is liberated from ill will with regard to this particular event. That's considered liberation. You know, the person who annoys me doesn't bother me anymore. That's considered liberation. <laughs> of course, complete full liberation is nibbana. But we're noticing also the temporary liberations so or the re- relative liberations. So. I'm no longer frantically planning every day. I'm no longer compulsively eating. Notice that. Linger in that. Pick up the tone of that. The heart tone of that. So this is the way we're informing ourselves of how liberation uh, definitely has signs to it. Um, qualities and and the more that we're able to linger in those then we that's the real thing so then there's wisdom and knowing of that well, knowing that the chitta is liberated in this degree to this degree okay so that's an overview for this morning and perhaps for today um So let's just take a moment.